What's up, everybody? My name is Athena, and you're listening to Vanished in the Valley. So uh, I just got back from, it was like three days, yeah, three days in Nevada, hanging out with Garrett's parents. Uh, we went there for the Super Bowl thing. Um, it was chill. I got to, like, uh, just kind of kick back and caught up on some UFC fights. I went, we went back to, like, day one UFC when there was, like, no fucking rules and people were just, like basically slaughtering each other on the fucking <laughs> in the octagon before the days of rules but so i uh was watching the football game the fucking the main one whatever that shit's called the super bowl so yeah i was watching the super bowl and i don't know why but like it literally just came off to me as so fucking fake like staged as fuck like rehearsed and can we talk about all the fucking COVID propaganda going in on it? Like, they're literally, like, sucking nurses' dicks because they're nurses. It's like, come on, these motherfuckers know what they signed up for. And let's not act like these fucking fools are in there fucking around with Ebola. They're fucking around with COVID, which is, like, the bad flu. We all know this now. But anyway, so I would decided to look into the NFL and check out what I found. Contrary to popular belief and to what the NFL wants you to think, there actually have been fixed games in league history. On page 308 of Dan Moldea's book, Interference, he lists over 70 NFL games that have been fixed and includes the names of the two referees involved in fixing those games. He also lists interviews with the NFL, HOF players, most notably, Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Lynn Dawson. He, in detail with documented facts supported by FBI documents, has interviews with NFL players and known gambling associates to uncover massive game fixing in the league. He also notes, with evidence throughout the book, that no fewer than 26 NFL team owners have or have had continuous and developing relationships with the gambling world, most notably the Rooney, Bidwill, and Mara families, all getting their starts as bookmakers for established Midwest crime families and buying their NFL franchises with monies earned from gambling. So that in and of itself is hypocrisy number one on the NFL's lilywhite reputation. NFL referees are part-time employees of the NFL. They're not employees of any team, nor do they get paid anywhere close to the sums of the NBA refs. NFL refs make between $25,000 to $70,000 per season. They work for the league and do what the league tells them to do. They are not there for, quote-unquote, the integrity of the game. Referees, unlike other sports, are bound by NFL-mandated gag orders, which prevent them from talking to the media. Now check out this little tidbit. The NFL possesses an antitrust exemption to the law granted to it by President John F. Kennedy, which ultimately allows the NFL to classify itself as entertainment rather than a sport, as well as incorporate itself as a single entity instead of the 32 separate quote-unquote franchises they would want you to believe. So, contrary to the perception of the NFL being 32 separate franchises, 
battling it out for gridiron supremacy. In a franchise environment, such as, say, like McDonald's, Business 101, each franchise is individually owned and operated and can participate in national promotions, have its own local promotions, or abstain from participating. Hence, the fine print and commercials saying, quote-unquote, at participating locations. So, this keeps the regionality of competition intact without having to compete on a national level. Major League Baseball has this status. The NFL does not. Instead, the NFL has this antitrust exemption. It is able to package its teams in order to sell to the national television companies, which today's total $6 billion in revenue for the league. That is 75% of the league's total annual revenue. So back in 2004, a lawsuit versus the NFL. The NFL's attorney, Greg H. Levy, argued that the NFL is not a collection of 32 individual teams, but rather a single entity. And as long as the NFL teams are a unit and they compete as a unit in the entertainment marketplace, then they should be deemed a single unit and not subject to any antitrust laws. There's only one other quote-unquote sports organization that I know of that follows this, and that's fucking wrestling, you guys, WWE. Levy also argued that the league markets its products and merchandise as a whole to promote the NFL as a whole. These arguments led all the way to the lockout during the 2011 offseason. The league would still earn $5 billion in revenue, even without a single game being played. It's like fucking reality television. That's all that shit was to me. And I'm sorry if your listeners are like fucking hella big NFL sports people. But I don't know. Just like an outsider looking in, it just fucking reeked of fake. It reeked of bullshit. And so, yeah, that's what I found. It's goddamn, it's fucking WWE with a goddamn football (laughs) and a $7 million shitty ass halftime show. What the fuck was that shit? But anyway, that's not even what I'm supposed to be talking about today. Sorry, side rant. Anyways, let's get to the fucking show, guys. So today I wanted to tell you about a woman named Erica Lloyd that's been missing from Walnut Creek, California since June 10th. Now, the authorities are saying they don't believe foul play was involved in the disappearance of Erica, but those close to her kind of fear she has maybe gotten involved with the wrong people. So check this out. The last time Lloyd's best friend, Rebecca, saw the 37-year-old was June 10th, exactly one week before she was reported missing. And her best friend said something seemed off. So I was like, this is a wellness check. And this is what Rebecca told People Magazine. We sat with a glass of wine, commiserating. Like, wow, these are crazy times. When her best friend phoned four days later, Lloyd said she needed a mental health break. She told me, I'm going to be fine, says Malone. That's the last time I spoke to her. So Erica's family told KESQ that their daughter went on a quote-unquote pandemic road trip to Joshua Tree National Park to help take her mind off things. She seemed like she was fine, Erica's mother Ruth Lloyd said. 
Being in lockdown for almost three months, not being able to work, and trying to homeschool her son, it was really starting to get to her. The pressure and not having any income. Huh, that sounds kind of familiar. But check this out. Two days into her road trip, on June 16th, she loses contact with her family and friends. And that just happens to be the day that the California Highway Patrol found Erica's car abandoned near Highway 62 and 29 Palms. It's more than just vandalized, said Diane Bailey, owner of Bailey's Auto and Repair Towing. The owners of the towing company gave people a look at the damaged car and I'll put pictures up. It's all fucked up. Like the windshield's all smashed out. There's a shattered radio. The airbag had been deployed. The radiator was totally smashed backwards. The whole bottom of the radiator, the AC condenser, it's all pushed back. Like it hit a very large object and tucked away in the trunk, a folded stroller placed in the laundry basket. Apparently, the tow company was dispatched from the highway patrol to go tow the vehicle near Shelton Road and Highway 62. So the front of the car was actually facing as if you were going into 29 Palms Highway or pointed south. But still, the San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department have said again there is no foul play here. Hmm. And friend Victoria Herrera has said that Erica had mentioned making new friends before she disappeared. She even reportedly told her roommate that on June 14th, people were watching her campsite for her, but the investigators have not been able to ascertain the identities of the missing people that Erica said she was meeting. So it's like she said she's going to go meet these fucking mystery people in the desert First of all, right there, I'd be like, honey, have you ever fucking been to the desert in June? Are you sure you want to go do that? It's fucking hostile. I don't know. It just seems like she hopped in her car and went. And if you're not prepared to go fuck around in the desert in June, it can be super fucking dangerous. But now add in some people that nobody seems to know and then this girl just disappears. Yeah, I think something fishy is happening. But anyway, Erica's friends say she adores her 12-year-old son, who's now living with his father, and would never, ever choose to leave him. She would never leave her son and not come home, her best friend Rebecca said. Erica's family fears she may have had an accident or lost her memory. They're working with a cave and mine expert, Doug Billings, who has previously handled missing person cases in the area. And I'm actually going to tell you a little bit more about Doug in a minute because while he was searching for Erica, he actually found this red bike that was involved in a different missing persons case. The shit gets all twisted, so just sit back because we're about to go fucking deep in the Erica Lloyd missing case. So Erica Lloyd is described as standing five feet, four inches tall and weighing 125 pounds. She has dark brown hair, blue eyes. If anybody has information on her whereabouts, they are urged to contact the Walnut Creek Police Department at area code 925-943-5844 or the Morongo Basin Station of the San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department at 760 366 
4175. Now, hold on. That's not where this story ends. We're about to go a little bit deeper, like I just said. So the search for Erica in the high desert has actually led to a possible break in another missing person's case. So remember earlier when I was telling you about the cave expert, Doug Billings, that he was looking for her? Well, apparently he found a red bike. And detectives are saying two sets of human remains were also found. Now, the red bike is actually being tied to a different missing persons case. So 56-year-old James Escalante took off on a bike to help his girlfriend's friend who was stuck on the road in 29 Palms. Basically, they're saying he rode off on his bike. He's trying to find this chick that's broken down in the fucking desert somewhere. He gets on his cell phone and calls his girlfriend. He's like, I can't find your friend. So the girlfriend then claims she gets on a three-way call with her friend and telling her, you know, honk the horn, follow the noise. So at some point, he's like, oh, great, I hear her. I got it. And he hangs up. And that's literally the last anybody hears from Escalante. And that was back on June 25th. So here comes Doug Billing. He's searching for Erica and he stumbles upon the red bike. And apparently, two sets of human remains were found. Now, they weren't found exactly together. I guess they were about a quarter mile apart. And this is all in 29 Palms. Police did confirm one of the sets of the remains is from a man. And the coroner later confirmed it was Escalante. So, it's just like, what the fuck is going on in that area? Why are all these dead bodies turning up? What's with the bike? How did they die, and where is fucking Erica Lloyd? Detectives are saying they don't suspect foul play in this case either. And they're saying that the case of Erica Lloyd and Escalante are not connected. So if you happen to have any information either about Erica Lloyd or Escalante's case, please call Detective Holloway with the San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department at 760 760- Three six six five seven zero seven, or you can contact me at vanishedinthevalley at gmail.com or go to Instagram and look for vanishedinthevalleyathena. If you don't want to talk to the police, I can let them know the information and totally leave you out of it. So let's try to get these cases solved because there's some fuckery going on in the desert. There's some other rumors. I'm about to get into super rumor celebrityville, so hold on for this bullshit too. Check this out. So apparently, allegedly, total rumorville, the actor Army Hammer is kind of being tied to some dead bodies. Three, actually. Three female dead bodies were apparently found in a desert within 10 to 15 minutes of a construction site that Army Hammer had worked at during the pandemic. Which is like, why the fuck is this guy working construction? This dude was in The Social Network, The Lone Ranger, uh, Call Me By Your Name, a bunch of other movies. But apparently he got bored and decided to go work construction in the fucking pandemic. So... Apparently, he's been dropped from his publicist or PR, whatever the fuck you call it, his agent. And all of these, like, I guess, uh, (laughs) Instagram messages have come out from him, how he talks about how he's actually a cannibal, 
And he's dead fucking serious. I think three or four of his ex-girlfriends have come out saying that he was talking about having one of their ribs removed so he could barbecue it and smoke it. And this motherfucker was like dead serious. So allegedly, the remains of the three women were discovered about a 10 to 15 minute drive from the desert hotel construction site. What people are really kind of wondering is apparently this guy, Army, comes from an extremely wealthy family. His father and his sister inherited two foundations, which combined are worth $100 million. And they're saying that Hammer's net worth stands alone at a whopping $16 million. And that's not even including the amounts of wealth left to him by his great-grandfather, Armand Hammer. So people are just kind of like putting all this shit together. It's like, why is he working at this construction site where all of these dead bodies are turning up? All of these DMs are coming out from different women where he sent them creepy DMs admitting to being accountable and his exes, four of them to be fucking <laughs> on point, have confirmed that he was like literally seriously talking about getting these girls to go get surgery to have their lower rib removed so he could smoke it and eat it. Apparently he would talk about how he wonders, uh, how does human flesh taste? Which is like, whatever. But now these bodies are turning up near this construction site and people are fucking wondering. And then you combine that with his publicist and agents all dumping him. It's like, what the fuck is going on? And that's where Erica Lloyd is getting tied in. They're wondering if she is one of these bodies or if she is in that area. Like I said earlier a few times, there seems to be a lot of fuckery going on in the desert. So I'll put some pictures of Erica up in her car, like I said. I mean, hopefully we can figure out something, get some closure for the family. Or if it's like what the family says, they think she's hit her head and she's, you know, has amnesia somewhere. Maybe we can find her and bring this girl home alive. Wouldn't that be fucking amazing? So, like I said, guys, if you know the littlest bit of information, like you know these two weirdos she was camping with, or you saw something, or I don't know, what the fuck is going on in the desert? Why is Army Hammer fucking talking about smoking some chick's ribs? I don't know. It's a bit crazy for me. So, <laughs> there you have it. So, we're totally going to switch gears like I like to do. And I'm just going to go over some numbers because I know you guys fucking love numbers about the coronavirus. So you know how there's all of this talk about the asymptomatic people transmitting this shit and killing grandmas everywhere? Well, check this out. A landmark study involving 9,899,828,000,000 residents of Wuhan, China was published in Nature Communications. Participants were tested for COVID-19 between May 14, 2020 and June 1, 2020. No new symptomatic cases and 300 asymptomatic cases were identified. Among the 300 asymptomatic cases, 1,174 close contacts were identified. And you guys check this out. Not a fucking single one of them tested positive for covid so, additionally, of the 34,424 participants with a history of COVID-19, 107 individuals 
tested positive again, but importantly, none were symptomatic. The virus cultures were negative for all asymptomatic positive and repositive cases, indicating that no viable virus in positive cases were detected in this study. The conclusion is that not that asymptomatic spread is rare or that the science is uncertain. The study revealed something that hardly ever happens in these kind of studies. There was not one documented case. Forget rare. Forget even Fauci's previous suggestion that asymptomatic transmission exists, but it does not drive the spread. Replace all that bullshit with never at least not in this study, of 10 million people. But now the motherfuckers are telling you to double mask it. Double mask it for your protection. Because if you have COVID and you sneeze, that little fucking bandana, double bandana, is definitely going to protect everyone. Because that's what they're saying. Remember that, guys. They're saying to wear the mask so you don't spread it to other people. Well, I think you're going to fucking know if you have it. And if you're asymptomatic, it doesn't seem to be contagious. Wait, let me rephrase that. According to this study of 10 million people, if you're asymptomatic, you cannot be contagious to other people. So it's like we're stuck in this motherfucking insanity loop of wear the masks because it's fucking spreading everywhere, but we're wearing the masks and it's still spreading everywhere. It's just like a total shit show. I'm, can somebody let me the fuck off this clown car because I'm sick of it and it's like making me want to vomit. And I I keep thinking, you know, I'm going to go out and people, more people are going to wake up and think it's bullshit, but it doesn't seem to be the case. I mean, I know there's hella people here in California, at least that fucking hate dictator Newsom. Speaking of Newsom, the recall's going great. We're at over 1.4 million signatures. Go sign that shit recallgavin2020.com. But anyway, back to the, the Rona. It's like everything they're doing seems to be counterproductive. They're locking people down. And week after week, I've told you stories of people that have had severe mental health related issues due to these lockdowns. And the even the World Health Organization, the most fucking Bill Gates corrupted organization in the world, even they're saying, stop these ridiculous lockdowns. And I know maybe in other states, you guys aren't locked down as strict as California is, but fucking dictator Newsom keeps saying, you know, he's opening everything up, but you still can't go sit down in a restaurant here and fucking eat. There's still hell of millions of people out of work. There's like a two and a half month backlog for unemployment. So I don't know what these people are supposed to do for food and money in the next two and a half months. But it's like, turn off motherfucking CNN and go read some studies because they're burying the studies that show what most science has confirmed over the, you know, the decades of studies even being published. And does nobody think it's strange that the year 2020 had the lowest rates of flu complications ever recorded? But the Rona, that's fucking skyrocketing. And it's been admitted, it's been proven that if a hospital if a hospital records a death as COVID positive, they get paid extra money from the federal government. 
So obviously these hospitals are going to want to make more money. It's only fucking natural. Of course, hospitals are not nonprofit most of the time. Most of these hospitals are a fucking business. They have a bottom line. They need to make money. So if there's a way to squeeze out extra cents from the feds, I'm sure they're going to label people as COVID deaths rather than a flu death. So that seems to be what's going on. <laughs> it's all fucked up, you guys, and it's going to continue to stay this way until, guess what? You, me, the normal fucking people put our feet down and be like, no more of this insanity. But I don't know. I'm in fucking California and insanity seems to be par for the course. So it's like I figure I just need to sit back in and fucking just watch the clown car go and try not to throw up everywhere the fuck is going on? Okay. And so check this out. This was my morning today. So I wake up and I go to turn Spotify on because I fucking love Spotify. It's literally the best $10 I spend a month. And some motherfucking Russian hackers had literally taken over my account. I couldn't play any music. It kept going to this fucked up, annoying ass Russian song in a loop. I would try to like change it and it would go back to it. I'm assuming it's some scam, some fucking virus shit I picked up from Instagram. And you literally, like, even if you log everything out, they're still able to get into your account. I actually had to go contact customer support and they had to fucking wipe my account. So <laughs> be careful if some motherfucking Russians send you a request in your DMs. Just don't even accept it. I think it was a little link I clicked and it, like, literally went into my Spotify and fucked my shit up all day. It took like two hours to fix. Super pain in the ass. I'm assuming they're doing it because each time something plays or you download, they get paid. So if they do that to enough people and it loops enough times, it's probably, you know, a few thousand dollars they get paid. But if they get reported and Spotify knows what the hell is going on, hopefully they can stop these scammers from taking over other people's accounts. Because let me tell you, it was a super pain in the ass to get that shit fixed today. So be careful, those fucking, <laughs> be careful of those Russians on Instagram and their dirty little links. So that's about it for today's episode, guys. But check this out. We have a bonus episode coming up next Tuesday, courtesy of Captain Kirk, Kirk, Kirk. <laughs> Thank you, girl. I appreciate you fucking participating and helping Vanished in the Valley out. That's what's up. So guys, tune in next Tuesday for the bonus episode. If you don't know how that works, if just one person basically makes a contribution, they get producer credits, and I make a bonus episode for everyone to listen to. So check that out and tune in next Tuesday. But as usual, before I go, I got to say what's up to our downloaders. Can I just say, what's up, Manteca? You guys came out of nowhere last week, and you're still fucking in the lead. Like, fatly in the lead. You have my number one spot. And LA, you guys are number two. What's up, LA? You guys came out of nowhere, too. And Denver, Denver, Colorado, you guys, like, literally had never even been on my front page radar, and all of a sudden, here you are in number three. I got a bunch of California spots all over my front page. We got Sacramento, Elk Grove, and Tracy. What's up, California? And Redding, don't think I don't see you too. But I wanted to actually talk about some of our international peeps because the UK has literally been there from almost day one. 
And you guys are what's up. I appreciate you guys listening. It's all over. It's Coventry. It's Islesford. It's Selby. It's Kettering. Camberwell. Croydon. All of you guys. There's a bunch of other cities. I appreciate you so much for listening, downloading. Come say what's up on the Instagram at Vanished in the Valley Athena. Or email me at vanishedinthevalley at gmail.com. So I think that's about it, guys. As I always tell you, be aware and don't forget your pepper spray. Ciao, ciao. Hey, everyone. If you are wondering how to become a producer of Vanished in the Valley, you can show some love through Cash App at Vanished Athena. Or if you go to the description on each episode, you will find a little link that says support Acast Vanished in the Valley. Support us like that if you want, and I will give you some producer credits. So that's what's up. Thank you guys. I appreciate it.